there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated hand-cooked Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com. It's the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you start at ExpressPros.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If if you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time on Sirius XM Channel 83, on your iHeart app, or right into your heart. That's where we broadcast on all of our Fox Sports Radio affiliates. All right, so as I predicted, two NBA playoff series came to an end. We'll play that for you upcoming. Look, I'm going to be wrong, and I'll allow you to tell me when I'm wrong and remind me when I'm wrong. And um, my good friend John Ramos will play for you, rejoins with me being wrong time. And again, that's cool, but every once in a while I get stuff right, and I kind of got stuff right in regards to next year's NFL draft. And that's, in fact, where we'll begin. I want to give out the phone numbers because in about 10 minutes, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take your perspective. I'm going to let... You call in and give me your take 
on the NFL draft from last night. Just, you know, kind of one-hit quitter um, on your team, your thoughts, your reaction. I, I have some of my own. But the overwhelming thought I had was yesterday was the Browns were going to find a way to screw this thing up. And by Browns finding a way to screw this thing up, I meant they were going to get out of the process. Look, there is no static environment. We don't, in a vacuum, things don't occur in a vacuum. I mean, except for a vacuum, then things occur. But football teams aren't in a vacuum. And while we while we get caught up in the value selection and the stay true to your board, and it all depends on where you are as a franchise. Look, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes teams will miss and misevaluate. But it's the lack of a plan that is really upsetting. And the lack of perspective on where a team is and where how how they're ultimately going to get to a to a goal. Uh, I bring this thing up because like I I'll give you an example. If you have a football team who has a new defensive coordinator, what do they all say? They all say we're going to get after it. We're going to be aggressive. Like if it was true that every new defensive coordinator was going to be more aggressive than the previous defensive coordinator, then by now your defensive coordinator would send everybody on a blitz on every single snap, correct? But the truth is that you can't send everybody on every single snap, one, because you don't have the personnel, two, because it depends on who you're playing, time, down, situation, etc. right? Coaches say that to get the job or to rile you up. We're going to be more aggressive, just like coaches in basketball. We're going to play fast. We're going to get after it. Like That sounds great. Who's your personnel? It all depends on the context of the team, which brings us to Cleveland, which brings us to San Francisco, who had not good. They had great nights last night. And you're sitting there going, wait a second, Cleveland still doesn't. Brock Osweiler still their quarterback. They still tried to get Jimmy Garoppolo like they did. But that's because they did not take the poison pill that was a young quarterback who had no chance to succeed this year. Look, there are there are some of you that for the life of you, you will sit there and go, hey, they screwed up not drafting Carson Wentz last year. And maybe they did. Maybe Carson Wentz becomes a superstar quarterback. It should be pointed out that most of the world outside of Philadelphia forgot about Carson Wentz after they started 3-0, and he had a very up-and-down first year in Philadelphia, which is okay because Philadelphia, remember, um, badly needed a quarterback. They did. And Philadelphia was not a playoff team last year, and they were still in kind of rebuild mode, a different spot of rebuild mode. Look, the Browns and the Niners, the Browns specifically last year, if they would have had Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz would have gotten hurt. They couldn't protect any quarterback they had. You fast forward to this year, and I said yesterday I thought the Browns were going to screw it up because I thought they would waste a pick on a quarterback who they couldn't protect, who he wouldn't have enough people to throw to, who they play too soon. But instead, damn if they didn't do something really, really smart and trust the process and go Philadelphia 76ers on us and say, why would we go and take a guy in Trubisky who are not totally sold as a franchise quarterback? I mean, even the Kansas City Chiefs, they trade up and they get to number 10. They take Pat Mahomes and they ask Andy Reid, like, so he's he going to start? Like, no, he ain't ready. The Houston Texans move mountains to get Cleveland's other pick and take Deshaun Watson. 
And even though Tom Savage has not thrown an NFL touchdown pass, when asked about who their asked who their starter is, O'Brien said earlier today, um, Savage is our Tom Savage is our quarterback. Why? Because none of these guys are ready. And so for the Browns, who would draft a quarterback who isn't ready on good teams, definitely wouldn't be ready on a bad team. And there's better prospects either in a Garoppolo or better prospects out there uh, with a Cousins, if you could ever trade for him, Simon's a free agent next year, or wait for Josh Rosen, wait for Sam Darnold, as well as a couple other quarterbacks that are likely first-rounders that may grade out higher than any of the quarterbacks in this year's draft. Look, it doesn't mean that the Texans aren't still smart for finding a way to get a quarterback when Osweiler didn't work and Romo ditched them for TV. But it's different for where Houston is. They already have Houston had the number one ranked defense in terms of yards allowed, and they and they didn't have JJ Watt last year. So like Houston's already got a sick defense. They already have Lamar Miller. They already have a very a, a star wide receiver. Like all they need is a competent quarterback who can lead a team. Like that's all they're a quarterback away. The Browns are so far away from being good that this is a genius move. And I thought John Lynch, same thing. Same thing with what John Lynch did. He said we're open to trading. He said we're open to taking quarter. We're open to just about anything. And then he went out and started to solidify the interior of that defense, drafting a defensive tackle from Stanford who you know is going to be productive, you know is going to be steady, you know has great upper body strength. And if you saw him in the bowl game, he was dominant. And you feel like, hey, John Lynch has never done this before, but sure seems to have a pretty good plan for how to do it. Again, it doesn't mean that it absolutely works out, but the plan makes sense considering considering the landscape of the league, the likely future of the draft with next year's draft being better, the fact that the San Francisco 49ers could have drafted a quarterback, that's not going to make them a playoff team this year. And the same thing with the Cleveland Browns. Every draft grade is different based upon the team, not just their need, but where they are and what part of their growth cycle are they. And to me, that was the story of last night. Like, I, I don't have any problem with Chicago trading up to get Trubisky, even though they have a lot of other holes. And you're like, well, they just signed Mike Glennon. Uh, their plan, obviously, is to start Glennon this year and bring Trubisky along slowly. But I, I'm not hugely bothered by their plan but their plan and their build is different than what the Niners are doing is different than what uh, the Browns are doing and so I would love to sit here and tell you that I'm going to kill the Browns why didn't you draft Deshaun Watson because dude Deshaun Watson wouldn't be any good with the Browns this year he just redevelop even worse habits than he has from the style in which he played in college And, oh, yeah, by the way, if the Browns really want to draft a quarterback, they can. They can still get a Davis Webb, who may not have the superior arm strength but seems to have a pretty good brain to which he could develop to maybe a starter, maybe a backup. Just get another another arm, and if that doesn't work out, you got Rosen, you have Darnold, you have next year's draft. And and that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like ready-made. Like, hey, the Chargers went with a wide receiver. Yeah, the Chargers went with a wide receiver because they need a wide receiver. 
They have a veteran quarterback. They're in a different part. They're in a different. Mike Williams adds to their team because they're in a different part of their growth cycle compared to other teams. Like Keenan Allen's been hurt the past two years. Travis Benjamin's more of a number three than a number two. And if Mike Williams can come in and be a big pass-catching target, you already have Hunter Henry and Antonio Gates. You got Melvin Gordon as your running back. Like, that kind of makes sense. But Travis Benjamin wouldn't make sense for other teams. Just wouldn't. So there's a lot of players that are future picks. The Cleveland Browns and San Francisco 49ers seem to be punting the quarterback, uh, of making a quarterback change until the future. And that's different because of where they are as opposed to where some other teams are. We're going to give you a chance to give us your opinion on your team and what they did last night. Your immediate reaction, your visceral reaction, your stoked reaction, your excited reaction. 877-99 on Fox. A true car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Look, I don't hate what the Chiefs did. I mean, you have a guy who either cannot or will not throw the ball downfield, but who's still solid and steady, and they have his heir apparent waiting in the wings. Like, that actually makes a, it makes a lot of sense what the Chiefs did. And it also admits to everybody that they know their quarterback has a lower ceiling than other quarterbacks. Like Andy Reid isn't a dummy, no matter matter what he says about the quarterback position. It's what he does that actually matters. We'll take your calls. We'll allow you to express yourself on the Doug Gottlieb Show next. We are so fresh, so clean. Want to get your thoughts in a moment? 877 99 on Fox. Correctly predicted both of those uh, NBA playoff series coming to an end. Wait till you hear what David Fisdale, who's the head coach of the Memphis Grizzlies, had to say about uh, uh, about Kawhi Leonard, the pulseless Kawhi Leonard, and his play and how he views him as a player. It's going to make you kind of think. Also, Brady Quinn, who, of course, is Fox NFL analyst Brady Quinn, will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the quarterbacks that went in last night's draft and also get his thoughts on the Cleveland Browns, team that drafted him in the first round, um, and their lack of willingness to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. But oftentimes, I want to hear from you. I don't want you to vary off of the topic of the day, which is the NFL draft. This is not a long-form discussion. Tell me what you think. Get in, get out, get on your way. I want you to, uh, you know, share with me uh, what you think. Let's do so now. Time to express yourself. I express myself wearing yoga pants. Call Doug, 877-996-6369. 877-99 on Fox is the phone number, 877-99 on Fox. Nick in Cleveland, much like your Browns team leading off the NFL draft, will give you a chance to lead off, express yourself. What are your thoughts? appreciate you taking my call today, Doug, and welcome to Fox Radio. Glad to have you. Um, 
couple of thoughts right off the bat. I think the Browns did a nice job prior to the draft and their posturing, their smoke screening, if you will. I think they had a lot of people shuffling about they were going to take a quarterback number one, and I, I, you know, I don't know how much weight that that value or that opinion really had, but I think they were going Miles Garrett all the way. But I will say I'm very glad they did not take a quarterback because my personal opinion is that if you hang around and you put good talent on your roster, quarterbacks will come to you. We just saw Romo available this year. We'll see Cousins available next year. There's always going to be free agents. But the single biggest thing that happened in the draft was the Kansas City Chiefs moving up to 10 because it forced Houston to drive up to 12 to take a quarterback that they needed. Obviously, they only had two people in mind. Uh, so them flying up to 12 to take that pick really helped them. So at the end of the day, I think the Browns did a nice job letting the draft come to them. And look, if you're if you're Nick, if you're really a Browns fan, and it sounds like you are, like you you can't watch that team and think this is a good enough roster to to compete. And it's it's no different than in college football when you sign a recruiting class. Like you can't load up on one five star and go like, okay, that's who we're going to ride with. That's who we're going to roll with, right? Absolutely. It's it's a it, you see it's that about with the Colts. It's not working. They have just Andrew Luck, and it doesn't work. And, and, and so I'm glad that the Browns realize that and are going to build a team first. Yeah, and, and appreciate the call, Nick. And look, that's the thing. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Acquiring as many picks as you can, two first-rounders next year, um, you know, and loading up on second-rounders as well, gives you if, – if, if, if 55 to 70% of first-round picks are hits – uh, long-time starters, and 20% of them are pro bowlers. Like, get as many of those as you can. And then, um, you know, second-round picks, the percentage is obviously lower. Uh, additionally, additionally, and look, homegrown players are going to be less expensive. That's one of the reasons the Packers keep having homegrown players. You draft, they're younger, they're less expensive, but it makes it more difficult sometimes uh, when you when you lack depth. But, I look, I... I generally think it's a smart plan because because of the Browns' lack of overall talent that they acquire as many assets as possible and almost punt on the quarterback thing in terms of the first round uh, unless some somebody becomes so available that you feel like you can build around the future. Kyle in New Jersey, you're on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Express yourself. Hey, Doug. So I think the Browns made probably the worst pick in the first round in a number of years. I think it's even worse than Johnny Manziel going in the first round with Jabril because you look at Jabril, he, they just drafted a kick returner in the first round is what they did. That guy has zero position in this league. At linebacker, I don't know if you watched the Iowa game, but at the end of the game, Iowa was actually checking at the line, identifying peppers and running at him. He allows a 77% completion percentage when in man coverage. He had one career interception while in college and only one career pass breakup. So I, what are they going to do with him? That, that's really my question. I, I think he's going to be a safety. I think you'll play him all over. Again, I um, I don't love the Drew Peppers pick at safety because in this draft there are better safeties. There there just are. Um, in, on the other hand, I, un, I think I understand it because, like we started by saying, they don't have any talent, dude. They they need they just need they almost need warm bodies more than anything else, and that covers for their lack of warm bodies because you you just say well he's a football player. Do I think he's great at any one thing? I don't. I really don't. Um, and look, that, that's I didn't love the Adoree Jackson pick either, who's great in special teams, but is not not a cover, not a shutdown cover corner. I, I will tell you this about about kick returners that. 
It's one of those things to which it's a lot like a kicker. When you don't have a good one, like when you don't have a good one, um, you you totally understand how it's a position that can be undervalued. So, look, is he spectacular at any other thing he does offensively? No. Defensive line. I think he'll be a safety. I think he's a good football player. And they, we've always been told there's three phases to a game. Let's not pretend like special teams as returner. He's not, he doesn't bring any value to it. Do I think they overvalued it? Probably, especially because this is such a defensive back heavy draft. Uh, heavy draft. Uh, I like look. My sense is on the Browns. I just like the idea that they're trying to load up on as many dudes as possible, and hopefully their hit rate is as above average for the NFL. And above average wouldn't be great, but you got more picks than anybody than anybody else. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on, allowing you to express yourself. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. Let's go back to Cleveland, Eric in Cleveland. You're on the Doug Gottlieb show. Hey Doug, thanks for having me. I have to say that I uh, love what the Browns were doing there. Not only are they getting more picks. Uh, we're avoiding the quarterback situation for another year when the value just isn't there. And uh, as far as the Jabril Peppers pick, I mean, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, fair catch punt returners. We'll take a little bit of improvement in that uh, area. But just in general, we're getting more athletic on defense. We've got two first-rounders on our defense right now, Danny Shelton and Joe Hayden. We're just derived of talent. And that's where we needed to go, and we've got a lot more picks where we can continue to fill that in. Eric, I, I like when first obviously it's your team, and I just hope you understand. Like I'm kind of trying to pay, I pay attention to these things. A lot of people don't. A lot of people we watch NFL games on red zone, and like you know, you talk to people in the league, and you're just like, hey, the way in which you compete defensively is you get as many young athletes you can to fly around out there. That, that's what you do. I'm like the the Broncos win a Super Bowl on it. The the Texans are able. The Texans with no quarterback play at all have been able to win their division and stay competitive. You got to get young athletes and dogs out there and fly around. Had it with the Carolina Panthers going back um, two years ago. So look look. Do you need to add stars? Like yeah, you need to get better. But you can't even. You're not even. This is like um, in college sports. What they'll talk about with schools that. You're not going to win because of facilities, but you can't get to the same starting line unless you have some of the same facilities that everybody else has. Bake in Portland, you're on the Doug Gottlieb Show expressing yourself on Fox Sports Radio. Go ahead, Bake. Yeah, I'm a big-time Colts fan, and obviously for a few seasons we've had a really hard run of it, and we got a quarterback we can't protect. And a lot of the experts are saying that the, it wasn't a very good O-line draft. And so um, I think, you, uh, you know, we've had that shakeup in our front office and uh, going after Malik Hooker as a, as a safety is a, a phenomenal pick. I'm excited about it and hopefully he can uh, spruce up the defense. <laughs> no question. I mean, look, look and the safety is the, the safety has to have a high level of intelligence. You got to be able to make plays on the ball, plays in the run, but you know, and, and it, the safety is, kind of the point guard of the defense, even more so now than the middle linebacker has been because sometimes linebackers, some linebackers have to come out on third down where safeties do not. So um, I I like the pick. I think it's a one of the more sensible picks. And, and again, this is a, a safety-heavy draft, but one to which even if it the, – the reason I think you like it is even if it didn't work out, and I I think the likelihood is it does, but even if it didn't, it gives the percentage, the likelihood of success is much higher based upon uh, where he is age-wise 
and his general skill set and everybody's feel. It doesn't mean there is no 100% sure bet it's going to work, but it's more likely to work than some other than some other picks. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on. Isaac in Texas, you're on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Doug, thanks for taking my call. I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan, but I don't know how to feel about their 28th pick on Taco Charlton. Just want to pick your brain a bit and see what you think about the pick. Thanks. I love tacos. Who doesn't love tacos, right? I mean, I think that one's that one's that one's pretty obvious. Um, I, I, how could anybody question a selection of tacos? But no, uh, in all seriousness, um, look, I'm kind of in the bag because I can't tell you I watched every Michigan game, but dude, he was absolutely phenomenal in the Ohio State game. I mean, he was he was incredible and. That's a team that needs, in, in terms of what do you need talent-wise, right? You, you need somebody who gets after the quarterback for the Dallas Cup. Pass rush has been a problem. Like, there's a reason that they went out and got a, and they got a, a woman beater two years ago. Why? Because they needed help in terms of pass rush. Like, that's the, they have an offensive line. They think they have their quarterback. Their quarterback's under, uh, you know, under, underpaid and consideration to the importance of position they're pretty good at wide receiver uh, they're a little bit older at tight end they'll probably have to find the next tight end maybe in the remaining part of this draft they're very good at running back they got some problems in their defensive secondary and some problems rushing the quarterback and they went out and got a six foot five and a half six foot six 277 pound defensive end who comes from a pro style system who in the biggest game of the year played his best game of the year i like tacos I like the taco pick. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on. Let's get to more of your calls in a moment. Uh, but also, we got Brady Quinn coming up. Brady Quinn, uh, Fox Sports NFL analyst, covers the draft as well. And we'll get his thoughts on the quarterbacks they were taken and the quarterbacks that were passed upon. That, after we find out what's trending. Doug Gottlieb show rolls on, Fox Sports Radio. Uh, I always wonder what goes through, guys. My, I have a, I got a buddy who... Uh, a uh, good friend of mine is a guy named Adrian Peterson, not running back Adrian Peterson, Oklahoma State basketball player Adrian Peterson, who he 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 tore his ACL in the Chicago pre-draft camp. And um, after he tore his ACL, he was he had surgery and he had surgery on NBA draft day and he woke up groggy that night. And when he woke up, he happened to wake up. And I think the 44th pick in the 1999 NBA draft was Ryan Robertson of Kansas. Adrian Peterson was a much better player than Ryan Robertson of Kansas. And it was like salt to the wound, right? Like you never forget where you are either the night that you were drafted or the night that people passed upon you in the draft. Let's welcome in Brady Quinn, of course, is a Fox Sports NFL analyst. And I, I wonder, Brady, when you go back, what do you remember about your draft night? Uh, well, one, one, it wasn't at night. It was early in the morning. Uh, the entire draft structure was much different. So, you know, they combined the first, second, third round all into one day, four, five, six, seven the next day. Um, so it started really, really early. And uh, it was almost nighttime by the time I got selected. But uh, it, it took quite a bit of time, um, you know, for me to get called out of the green room. But, I mean, look, at, at the end of it, the team who I, I didn't think would have the chance at, at coming back to draft me and the team I grew up rooting for, as a young kid, the Cleveland Browns traded back up to get me. So ultimately, it was a, a childhood dream to be drafted in the first first round by a team that I grew up watching. Why do you think it didn't work for you? 
Well, I think it hasn't worked for a lot of players there, not just quarterbacks. You know, I think for a lot of players in the NFL, you know, they when they don't have continuity, when there's not, you know, when the, when this thing's constantly changing out around right. them, I think it's hard for anyone to be successful. I mean, you don't have to apply that to sports. You're telling me any business environment's going to change their, you know, their GM or change, you know, whoever their boss is every two years and expect to have success? change the people that they work with within their you know, division or team and expect to have success or what their job requirements are, or, or even more than that, different offenses. It's like speaking a different language. If you'd imagine going into work for two years, speaking English, and then all of a sudden, two years later, you got to speak Spanish to everyone. I mean, that's essentially what trying to learn a new playbook is like. It's different verbiage. It's a different way of describing the play call and what you're trying to accomplish from it. And, you know, it's tough, I think, for a lot of players to deal with that, not just the quarterback or not just from right. my experience either. Yeah, so I, I ask that because um, I kind of think what they did last night makes a lot of sense. And and I want to get, like, look, you look at the quarterback position far more in-depth than the rest of us, but in judging from what everybody's saying, like, not only none of these guys appear to be lock-solid, this guy's going to be great, but they're all kind of projects. And, look, they just don't have good enough players to throw a quarterback out there and hope that he learns on the job while there's this ever-evolving process of putting young bodies around him. And then you look at next year's draft with Rosen and Darnold, as well as as some others who could, could creep up there high in the first round. And I feel like, look, just in the context of the Browns and maybe even the Niners specifically, they're better off loading up on surrounding talent and trying to build some consistency than putting a young guy in, kind of dropping him in the deep end. Is that a fair way to look at it? I think it's fair, and there's a lot of logic to it. Um, I think the issue for the Browns is Jimmy Haslam's owned the team. No head coach has lasted more than two years. So if they can suffer being 5-11 and 11 or 6-10 and 10 this year and you know not see it as a losing season but see it as an improvement from 1-15 – and they keep them around for a third year, then, yeah, I think that makes sense. But if he's all of a sudden going to be upset about it and pull the rug from out underneath everyone, then guess what? All these draft picks, Sashi Brown and Paul DePodesta are crude um, because they'll probably be gone too. They're not going to amount to anything because the next GM, the next head coach is going to come in and they're going to say, well, they don't fit my scheme. I want these guys, these players. So they're going to either force them to be in positions where it puts them out of position or they're just going to release them. Um, and, and face the brunt of it and start all over again. So I think that's that's the tough part about all of this, all of this is. I think if, if you're San Francisco, they're a little bit safer because John Lynch just got there and he already looks like the darling of this draft so far by the move that he pulled on the Chicago Bears to move back one spot, still get the player he ultimately wanted, and and really get you know a slew of picks. So be, because of that, I think there's a little more patience too when you look at the long-term deal that they signed. Um, but, you know, look, every year you can make the case that a quarterback transition to the NFL should sit for a year and learn the business and learn the defenses and learn a new NFL system. You can make that case every year. There's few guys that can walk into the league, take over for a team, and be successful right away. That's just a rarity. So I don't care if you're talking about Mitch Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, any of these guys. They all could use the development. The problem is there's less practice time now. There's no developmental league, and you know, unfortunately, they only keep two quarterbacks on the roster, so they're really preparing one to start and one to get in there and, and be the guy to replace them. There used to be three quarterbacks, maybe four, 
at least one of those guys could spend a lot of time with younger quarterbacks and help develop them and kind of teach them the offense and all that. But it's just rare that you see that anymore. Brady Quinn, Fox NFL analyst, joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Okay, so with that in mind, who's fit of those three quarterbacks? Because they'll all uh, appear to sit initially. Houston's saying that Savage is the guy. And then, you know, Deshaun Watson probably more likely to get an opportunity early, uh, maybe so more so than, than Trubisky because they have Glennon. And, you know, Alex Smith is solid. Obviously, it's just the lower ceiling than what they think Mahomes has. But it appears that all three are going to sit out of the shoot, and we'll see when they get to play, if they get to play in the first year. But in terms of fit, whose fit do you like best? It's tough to really pick one, uh, to be quite honest. I think Trubisky probably is the best fit, maybe. Um, Mahomes has the best team out around him and a coach that's going to build with him and, and all those pieces, even a guy in front of him that, regardless of their relationship, as long as he just watches Alex Smith, he's going to learn how to do the right things. Um, with Deshaun Watson, that situation to me looks problemsome. They've got a really good team, obviously a strong defense, good weapons around him, a coach that I think is a good offensive mind, and an easy division to win to try to go into the playoffs. The problem is their offensive line isn't great. And you can talk about Tom Savage being your starter all you want. It's not an indictment on Tom Savage. It's the fact that when you trade up to take a quarterback number 12 overall, guess what the expectation is down in Houston? This is your quarterback. You remember there's all the rumors about Tony Romo. You got rid of Osweiler so you could try to find cap space for Tony Romo. Well, then that didn't happen. So this is the guy now. So regardless of what Bill O'Brien wants to come out and say, this is why the front office traded up to get Deshaun Watson. I mean, this is the whole point of this offseason was to find their quarterback to help this team be more than just the AFC South division winner. So he's going to play. And, and we've seen it in years past. I mean, didn't we talk about that with Blake Bortles? Chad Henney yep. was a starter for, what, three games or so? Yep. And even with Russell Wilson, look, they, they signed Matt Flynn to a nice contract. They draft Russell Wilson in the third round, and they early on see this guy's clearly better. If Mitchell Trubisky proves to be better, even or better than Mike Glennon, they'll be okay eating that money for a one-year deal. So he's an insurance policy in case Trubisky gets hurt or something happens. I mean, they can get out of that after one year. It's $18.5 million, but, you know, they can void it the two years. So, you know, all these guys, I think, because of where they're drafted and because of public pressure and social media pressure, everything we see nowadays, to me, I think they're all going to get a chance early on. Well, Holmes is the only one that probably won't, but, you know, there's, there's still a chance where if this team doesn't play the way it's capable of or Alex Smith doesn't play the way he's capable of, I could even see Patrick Mahomes eventually getting a shot this year. All right, uh, um, Brady Quinn joining us, Fox Sports NFL analyst. You, you still have Deshaun Kaiser available, and you still have Davis Webb, as well as a couple others available. Obviously, there's the tie in the Notre Dame quarterback, as well as your ability to to evaluate him. Uh, what's your sense of Kaiser? Because he's somebody who there have been moments to which he looked like he should be the first guy taken, but there's some other stuff going on with Brian Kelly and Notre Dame and the sense that he's immature off the football field or maybe in the locker room and leadership. What's your sense of Deshaun Kaiser and, and the likelihood he goes tonight? Yeah, well, if you're talking about ball, the kid can play. Now, he's a bit inconsistent, and that kind of displayed itself this past year. But it was also the product of who left, right? Will Fuller left first-round pick last year's draft. Ronnie Stanley's left tackle left. You know, first-round pick last year's draft. You know, Martin, another offensive lineman, C.J. Procise. They lost a lot of pieces at the bottom line. So I think that hurt him. They had a bunch of inexperienced guys out there. 
And then there's the kind of back and forth with the quarterbacks. I don't think that's good for any quarterback psyche. So ultimately, I think it was just a tough year on him mentally. I think some of the things he's said, you know, since the season ended has probably turned some heads as well and maybe soured some people on him. Ultimately, though, he's got the stature, the athleticism, the arm, the, the mechanics from a throwing standpoint. You look at what they asked him to do in their offense. I mean, everything to me shows that Deshaun Kaiser can be the best of this group. He just needs time to develop, much like everyone else, and, and he needs to be in the right system. Um, Davis Webb's another guy, though. I, I think it's kind of a safe pick for some teams, and Nate Peterman as well out of, out of Pitt. You know, I think tonight's going to be an exciting time because I think all three of those guys are going to go, and they very well could be the three guys that come out of the, this draft class that might end up being uh, the best quarterbacks in it just because they're not going to face the pressure of having to play right away like Mitchell Trubisky will, like Deshaun Watson will, and maybe those other guys get to sit and develop a little bit. If you had to bet on one quarterback being a, being a pro bowler uh, of the ones drafted or about to be drafted, give me one guy you think has the mo- the, 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 is the most likely to be successful in the league. Oh, man. That's such a tough question to answer. Um, I mean, look, I, I know where three of the guys are right now as far as what teams they're on. So, I mean, it's a lot harder to predict with Kaiser or Webb or any of those guys because I don't know what situation they're in. I personally think Mahomes, because of his upside with his arm strength and all that, and I, I think he's in the best situation with a really good team and a really good coach to help him. So I don't think they're going to force him in right away. I mean, they're a year away from being able to get out of Alex Smith's deal after 2017. I don't, I don't, I think they have like 3.6 million or something like that in dead cap space. So uh, I think they can legitimately play Alex Smith this year and not worry about uh, Mahomes. So I think because of that, I actually think he's got the best chance long-term to kind of be the guy you're talking about. Great stuff as always, Brady. Brady, thanks so much for joining us. Enjoy your coverage of the draft and look forward to talking to you as we get ready for both the college and the pro season. Appreciate you being on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for having me on, Doug. All right, that's uh, Brady Quinn, former Domer, uh, former first-round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. Giving you kind of, I think, an honest perspective. Like, hey, dude, they're always changing things so much. How could anybody succeed there? The San Antonio Spurs continue to succeed, but it's what they're saying and what the statistics will tell you about their best player that may leave you with a completely different perspective on the NBA. That's next. With True Car, you can find out what other people in the area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Uh, boys, I do believe that uh, I, I gave you a couple winners last night. Um, you know, like, you guys can track these things if you want to track these things, uh, but I liked... I like both of the teams to win, both of the teams to cover, although I will point out that the Raptors tried as hard as they could to give away an 18-point lead late in the fourth quarter as they closed out the Milwaukee Bucks. Do we actually have sound of me correctly predicting both series would come to an end? We do have it. Here here it is. Bucks and Raptors, I do feel like this is the, this is closeout night for the Spurs, closeout night for the Raptors. I think enough is enough, and both teams win road games. And that's exactly what happened last night. Uh, look, Tony Parker was mag- magnifique. I had to do a little c'est bon, eh oui. That's about all I know in terms of French. But he was absolutely fantastic last night. 
And, of course, all of that came from uh, their best player, and that was Kawhi Leonard, who had 29 more points, nine more rebounds, four assists, including what was really the the dagger assist passing off to Tony Parker for a jump shot that that ended any real threat and put them up four late in the game, 103-96. It was what was said afterwards by David Fisdale that uh, really, really made me think that maybe we're underselling the value of Kawhi Leonard. Take a listen. The thing that just makes him different is there is, I just don't know many possessions that he takes off because he plays both ends of the floor so well. And his conditioning is like nothing I've ever seen. He just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. And he finds a way to make a play, a winning play, whether it's a steal, a block, a rebound, you know, a drive pass. He made plays tonight off the dribble. You know, he's, he makes a good argument. I would say that about my own guy, too. Uh, makes a good argument is he was talking about Greg Popovich, who said that uh, he thinks Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the game. Just so you know that in uh, PER, which is a, a, rating, uh, a ratings process, in PER, Kawhi Leonard is the number one ranked player in the playoffs thus far. Better than LeBron, better than Steph Curry, much better than Russell Westbrook. Uh, and better than Chris Paul. Chris Paul actually has the second highest PER. Kawhi Leonard is a 37.1, Chris Paul 33.9, LeBron 30.2. It's not actually even close in terms of how much better he is in the postseason thus far versus LeBron. Now, there's a couple of things that 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 you need to kind of point out is that, yes, he's a matchup nightmare as a as a 3-4. Right, a small forward, power forward. And, frankly, that's probably the biggest weakness to the Memphis Grizzlies right now is they don't have anybody who could guard. They don't have anybody who could check them. But it, is it – we've all gotten to this place to where we're nodding that LeBron James is the best player on earth because he plays both ends, and yet you're having NBA coaches go like, hey, you know, I don't even know if that's actually true. Just because everybody says it and falls in line because he looks like it and he makes big plays, whatever, like, look at the actual ratings. Look at – and from our perspective, he takes fewer plays off. That's actually what was said there by Fisdale. That's actually what was said was – does he take plays off? And the answer appears to be no. And that's what's most respected in the N- in NBA circles. Completely respected in NBA circles. We continue to react to last night's NFL draft. Something that kind of sparked my curiosity is next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on. Fox Sports Radio. Care of... The good folks at True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. And on average, save for 3000 off MSRP. Looking for a new or used car? Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Um, Ryan Music, how are you? Did you? How much of the NFL draft did you watch last night? I watched every single – well, so driving home from the studio, I listened to our amazing draft coverage on the iHeartRadio app. Then after that, I watched all of the picks until I checked Twitter and saw that the Bucks made a furious comeback. So I tuned in for the last probably five or six minutes of that game and then watched the remainder of the draft. So I probably caught about mm. – probably about half of it is what I watched on TV. Mm. 
Mm. Well, um, uh, Ramos, how much did you watch? Were you were you locked in? Uh, it was the same as uh, Ryan. I left here about five p.m. Pacific. Drove home, listened to the coverage on uh, the iHeart app. Got home, ate some dinner. You guys are, you guys are such liars. <laughs> no, that's oh, you're true. Such no, liars. I swear. I swear. I know. Our, I know. It's the first week, and our bosses are listening. Okay, <laughs> like you guys are such liars. You mean to tell me you guys were both on the iHeart app from the time you left studio to the time you pulled into your houses? Okay, and let, then you immediately went to the to TV and you watched it on TV. Let me ask you this: What? What? If you don't think that that's what I was doing on the car ride home, what do you propose I was doing instead as I drove home? Um, how long is your drive? Uh, it's about an hour, hour 10. Okay. How long was your drive? Not about. How long was your drive yesterday? It was probably more like an hour 10. Okay. So it's an hour 10. Do I think you listen? First of all, the when were you done? Like it didn't start. It started at 5 o'clock. Pacific time, we're done at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Were you there for two additional hours? Uh, Almost. Almost two hours, yeah. <laughs> Ramos, you understand, like, I'm like a detective here, and I'm what seeing all- flaws within the story. <laughs> I did see Ryan here. He was doing stuff. Thank you, When John. you left. All right, what about you, Ramos? How long is your drive? About an hour as well, yes. Okay, so your, your drive is about an hour as well. Yeah. Um, and did you stay until... Five o'clock. Yes, I am. My shift is over at five p.m. Pacific. Time. Okay, yeah. See, so so you actually have a believable excuse. Ryan is full of it because <laughs> I know he was up early prepping for the show. Wow. I just I I kind of think that he's uh, he's probably calling his girl on the way home. Right, that's probably part of it. Right, there's probably some looking for hair products as well. Yeah, he's trying to figure out how to change his wardrobe. Um, we have a, a sponsor coming on board here in a mere matter of weeks, and it's going to allow him to probably be compensated, maybe with some sort of uh, some sort of razors. But we're, we're like compensate him with with product, not with, with <laughs> Very money. Very nice. Like, don't think you're going to make any more money, music. That's not happening. <laughs> um, uh, well, but look, he's I'm... probably looking to change his wardrobe because he's going to change his look. I know the great Dan Beyer will vouch for me as always. Am I right, Dan? Absolutely, Ryan. Thank you. For sure. There you go, Dan. What about what about you? Um, you said you have a draft pool. Yeah, which oh, yes. is I started out like, like gangbusters as well. The ultimate in football nerddom, right? Like you have <laughs> the fact that you are that you found a woman who's going to marry you, and in in the same like matter of a week and a half, you have a woman who's going to say I do, and she knowingly is committing to the rest of her life to a guy who has a pool on the nfl draft <laughs> she's all down yep wow ready to wow. sign that up is, that is a that's a that's a that's a scary that's probably just as scary as ramos and his infatuation with star wars right that's that's in that same level of like i like star wars as well um i i, I can't speak klingon i can't say that i was ever that big of a star trek guy but uh star trek has my respect whereas star wars has my love and I did watch some of the NFL draft, but I did not watch every selection of the NFL draft, nor did I listen to every piece of audio on the iHeart app. I seem to be the only honest human being who's working on this show. I will, I, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say this. I, I, I will admit that I actually brought up the NFL app in my car so I could have the suspense of Roger Goodell making the announcement. So the Trubisky pick was very shocking to me as I was driving on the 210 in Los Angeles or just outside of Los Angeles last night on my way home. I was not expecting that. 
Uh, no, but apparently the Bears kept it from John Fox, their coach, which seems to be a really bad idea, doesn't it? Like, there's not a level of – I guess that speaks to the fact they think that, like, if you have a leak and the leak is your head coach, why is he your head coach? Yeah. Yeah, they're a very fair point. And there's Look, there's 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 two points here to be made. Okay? One, th- this is my feeling on Cleveland and what they did and this is a relationship thing for you uh Dan as I know you're you're fully committed to your fiance, but this is maybe more to music. Um guys ask all the time like, "Well, how did you know? How did you know?" I'm like, "Look, it's 6 months in, you know, if you don't know, you do know." It's just, if you say, like, I don't know yet. Yeah, you do. You know she's not the one. You just don't want to go out and try and start all over again. Like, oh, so much better that I just, like, do you want to end up with her in the future? Like, I don't know. Yes, you do. The answer is yes, you do. And that's how Cleveland attacked the draft. Do you know if Mitch Trubisky is going to be a star or going to be a franchise quarterback? Mm, I don't know. Then you do actually know. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, like, this is a belief I have. When you stop talking. Your relationship has ended. Like, ask anybody who's ever been divorced. Ramos is going on 18, 18 years, right? Dan, have you ever been married before, or is no, your wife no, this just is number she's one. just luckiest woman in the world to find you at this state in your yes, life? And not yes, yes, both of life. us have never been married. <laughs> you are in fact a unicorn. You're just everybody's dream woman, <laughs> dream guy. Um, I haven't been divorced, okay, but I can tell you that any relationship this is a business relationship. I've had business relationships go bad. I've had personal relationships, not my marriage, but other persons go bad. When you stop talking, the relationship ceases to be, one, important, or two, it's not sustainable. It's not. And so when I see that the Bears are like, yeah, we pulled off this double-secret move to trade up and get Mitch Trubisky, and even Trubisky was surprised by it. But the fact that they have got, you know, like offered up, like Ryan Pace is like, yeah, we didn't even tell John Fox. Why wouldn't you tell John Fox? Why wouldn't you tell John Fox? Take a listen to, I think we have Mitch Trubisky, who's talking about the fact that he didn't really talk much to the Bears leading up to the draft. I actually didn't have a lot of discussion with them. It was very secretive throughout the process. Uh, I think they didn't want other teams to know that they wanted me. So I didn't have much discussions, but they definitely did their research. I'm very happy that I'll be able to work with Ryan Pace and Coach Fox. A lot of, a lot of good, good things to come in Chicago. Okay, I understand that if you want to keep it a secret, I, I get that. Like, hey, we're trying to trade up. We don't want to drive up the value of the trade. We want to keep this kind of want want to keep our circle small. But why isn't your head coach in on your circle? It doesn't that free, like if you're John Fox right now, you're furious, and you're like, um, okay, how long do I now look? John Fox is a defensive guy. He's more of a CEO guy. He's not an offense guy. Right? I mean, like, everybody seems to kind of know this. But the fact that, um, you know, the fact that they didn't talk to him, that doesn't make any sense. If if they can't trust him, if they can't trust him because they think he's going to leak that information out, that's a problem. And if it's for any other reason, it's an even bigger problem. Am I, Dan, am I wrong in saying that? Like, that, no, that should... I- and I think that this is an organization with your two main figures uh, being somewhat on the hot seat. And I think what this tells me, Doug, is when you hear this report, is that maybe Ryan Pace has a little bit longer leash than John Fox does. And speaking so, of lo- 
So when you're looking at adding a long-term solution at quarterback, if you're Ryan Pace, and let's let's just say they were both on the same hot seat, you'd probably want to win now. You'd probably want to put the best team show improvement from the year that you had previously. This shows me that if John Fox wasn't in the decision, maybe he's not even in the future plans of Ryan Pace for how long he sticks around, as you as you mentioned. And maybe Correct. Ryan Pace is at organ or conversations with uh, higher ups in the organization of saying, "Well, if this doesn't work out this way, we'll maybe move on with the new coaching staff because we know Correct. coaches are more likely to move on than GMs." Correct. Once you stop talking, your relationship has really ceased to exist. You may not know it or be willing to offer it up. So in getting into a relationship, if you don't know, you do know. You're just not willing to admit it. And and getting out of a relationship, once the conversation stops, once you stop talking through your problems or your issues or stop sharing things, you know, stop sharing things, then your relation your relationship has 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 ended without you maybe even admitting that it's ended. That's my feel. What's going on in Chicago? Speaking of what's going on, still that part of the country. You see, Larry Bird's going to step down as president of the Pacers. Kevin Pritchard, uh, who's an FOD, is going to step in in his place. Pritchard, of course, previously ran the Portland Trailblazers. This is fascinating because, like, look, Bird's contract is up at the end of the season anyway, so it's not like he had five years left and he had to make a decision. Or And he didn't have to make a decision. He had to make one. There's the Paul George angle to it, which everybody seems to believe that Paul George wants to be a Laker, and Larry Bird has not had not decided or had not offered up at trading Paul George. Some of the moves Larry Bird made had not, not worked out particularly well, but he does have the, the general general respect of the league, and so now he leaves, and there's a void, and there's the sense that, with Larry Bird gone, that means that Paul George is gone as well. Isn't that the sense that everybody else gets? Like, Larry Bird was the guy standing there going, like, don't trade Paul George, don't trade Paul George. You do know that Larry Bird rights are, be, are it was something the NBA put in place so that Larry Bird could remain a Boston Celtic and get paid more there than anywhere else, right? This is a guy who the rights are named after him, Paul George's, Big payday was based upon those Larry Bird rights and staying in Indy. That was their piece of leverage over not trading him at the end of next season. And Larry Bird gone feels like means Paul George is gone. Feels like it means Paul George is gone. And maybe it also means that Larry Bird goes to goes to Orlando and starts over. But uh, it feels like. Feels like John Fox, that relationship is, Dan, you, you, you said exactly what I thought. They stopped talking. Their relationship is over. It may not be over this year. It may not be till the end of the season. But when you don't tell your HUD coach that you're going to make a blockbuster trade to trade up and get your quarterback in the future, that, that seems like something you'd want to want to share with your head coach. And when the last guy standing on the desk saying, don't trade our superstar, because we own his Larry Bird rights that are named after me, walks out the door, that probably means your superstar is on the move. Probably means your superstar is on the move. 877-99 on Fox is, in fact, the phone number. 877-99 on Fox. 
Joel Klatt will join us upcoming next. He was part of that spectacular iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio draft show that Ramos and Music say they listened to start to finish. They were walking around doing chores to their house with their, uh, with their earbuds plugged in so that they could hear every pick that uh, Jay Glazer and uh, I, I was such a fan of the show, Doug. While this show's going on, I'm actually listening to the podcast of it. That's what John and I have on in the studio right now. Byer, do you smell that? Yeah, that's 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 a load of it. That's exactly sure can. Right. That's a load of it. That doesn't diminish the that doesn't diminish from Klatt's credibility. What does he think of punting for next year with the Niners and Cleveland? What does he think of the Bears moving up? Who killed it and who got killed? Find out as Joel Klatt joins us next. I'm always interested to hear Joel Klatt's perspective uh, because I feel like there's a depth of knowledge there, an investment in his evaluation process that uh, is missing in some other places. And I listened to some of it last night on the iHeart app. I know the guys listened to start to finish uh, to the show. Uh, he was part of, I thought, a spectacular show. Uh, which included Jay Glazer and also had Chris Spielman and, of course, uh, Joel Clad covering the entirety of the first round of the draft. Joel, let me, let, let's, let's just start with the quarterbacks. Uh, first, in terms of passing on a quarterback, are you okay with the Niners and the Browns punting, whether it's till the second or third round, or punting until next year when you have a much more loaded draft class? You know, in in this day and age, unless you're going to get a great player, Doug, at that that position, like an Andrew Luck or a Peyton Manning or a John Elway, you better have a really good roster around them. I mean, you you saw what happened to Jared Goff a year ago. You know, you you've seen how Mariota and Jameis Winston have had to take their lumps and haven't had a ton of success. I know people can see it and and would say that they're good players. They haven't had a ton of, of success yet early in their career. And, and I just didn't see the players on the quarterback board this year that was going to turn a franchise around alone. And the fact remains for both of those teams, Cleveland and San Francisco, they weren't a quarterback away from being a good team. They needed and need complete overhauls of their organization, which they've, which they've started doing the last two years, and in particular this year with San Francisco, and of their roster. And I think you saw the process of that uh, kind of continuing last night with San Francisco getting two players who I think were sensational and, and the Browns getting three. Let's start with San Francisco before we get to the Browns. Um, there were some that were critical of John Lynch, who, of course, a former colleague at, at Fox Sports. You know, look, he didn't have the experience of it. I mean, are you like in lockstep with me? Like he seemed to kill it last night for a guy who hadn't done it before he seemed to be ahead of some others who had done it before. Think about this. If you were to ask me before the draft, and, and you would have said, okay, Joel, San Francisco's got the number two selection and the number 34 selection. And, and obviously just the, the second selection is the one that's going to be tonight. So before 8 p.m. Eastern last night, you would have told me, okay, at the end of tonight, San Francisco is going to get two players that are in the top 10 in your evaluation chart. One of them's in your top two, and they're going to add picks. How would you think he did? I would have I'd said say well. unbelievable. John Lynch slayed it 
last night. That was as good of a debut as I think there has ever been in the draft from a general manager standpoint, in particular in the modern-day draft when the spotlight is, is huge. And you saw that with the crowd last night out at Philadelphia. He got Solomon Thomas, who he was going to select anyways at number two, and he got him in a trade and got picks from Chicago. Then he very astutely moved up and got the third player on his board. And trust me when I tell you, because I talked with him, and Jay Glazer talked with him, he is not putting out a smokescreen. Their big board of defensive players went as follows. Miles Garrett, one. Solomon Thomas, two. Reuben Foster, three. He gets two of the top three players on his board and adds picks. Sensational job by John Lynch. I thought he was the biggest winner of anyone last night in the NFL draft. All right, what about Cleveland? You know, Cleveland, I thought – did some shrewd things, to be quite honest with you. Um, I was very impressed with what they had done in terms of stockpiling picks even before this draft. They had uh, dug eight selections if you combined the first and second round picks that they had this year and the first and second round picks that they have next year. So in the top two rounds of the draft, and this year and next year, they had eight selections going forward. Well, they added to that with a ninth through their trade, and they got three players. They still have two picks in tonight's second round. They still have two first-round draft picks uh, next year and three second-round draft picks next year. And then what they did is I thought that they went after really good pieces. Okay, you need pass rushers to, to succeed in the National Football League. They got what I think is the best pass rusher available. You need great middle-of-the-field defenders at the second and third level, and I think they got one of the great kind of Swiss army defenders and Jabril peppers um, to play that middle of the field. And then they got what I think was the best tight end available to them in particular when Evan Ingram went before him and they saw an opportunity there and they took in from Miami. Who's a very big athletic guy. I still think very deeply. Well, not even deeply. I believe there's only two avenues afforded an organization to win a Super Bowl. You've got to have an all time great roster with a great defense or you've got to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. And the fact remains is that there's not a Hall of Fame quarterback in this class. If it turns out to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, it's going to be a surprise. The top end for all of these guys was never going to be that, you know, a Brady or a Manning in this draft. And so they went for roster builders. They got three. They still have picks tonight. They still have five first and second round picks next year. I thought Cleveland did a really nice job. I thought it was very shrewd what they were able to do. Joel Klatt joining us, Fox College Football and uh, NFL Draft expert, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, there are people that are celebrating Deshaun Watson to Houston. Obviously, Houston needed a quarterback. They thought maybe they could trade for Garoppolo, thought maybe they were going to get Tony Romo. They got neither. Um, and so they went out and got a guy who everybody likes and seems to be a winner, on the other hand, he's the most likely to play the soonest, and I just, is he really ready for that? Your thoughts on Watson to Houston? Yeah, if there's a guy, there's a few guys in the NFL that I just trust with quarterbacks. Um, Bruce Arians is one of those guys. Bill O'Brien is one of those guys. Everywhere that he's been, he's got a track record of getting the quarterback to play above his ability level, whether it was in 
in college, um, you, you know, with Hackenberg at Penn State, or whether it's been the last few years with Houston. He's overachieved based on the quarterback that he's had taken snaps. I think he overachieved with Brock Osweiler, even though you would say Brock Osweiler didn't play that well. So I think that this is a guy that understands quarterback play. And the one thing that I kept hearing, and, and we all know about Deshaun Watson, at least from afar, he's an alpha. He's a leader. And they, I think, really gravitated towards that. And when then he was available, they saw the opportunity to jump up. I was pretty surprised that Mahomes was drafted before Deshaun Watson. Um, I wasn't surprised that Mahomes was drafted in the first round, just that he went before Watson because there was such great continuity within a lot of the organizations that we talked to that when asked about Deshaun Watson, they just said, I love that guy. Yeah, I'd love him to play more consistently, but man, I just loved him. He would do wonders for our locker room. So when he was available as the third quarterback, I think that's when Houston was like, hey, we got to get this guy. He might have even been their top quarterback on their board, and they were able to get him in the middle of the round, which I think was was a win for them. Now we'll just have to see if he can develop quickly because he's going to need to develop quickly. You know he's got the personality and the mindset and the clutch gene, if you will, and now it's just about cutting out those interceptions and becoming more of a, a pocket presence at the quarterback position. The Mahomes thing, it seems like just a reaction. I don't know if you saw the stats. Since 2013 – they have thrown the Kansas City Chiefs have thrown 55 passes of 20 plus uh, yards in in the air. Like they, everybody knows Alex Smith never throws the ball downfield. The next closest is the Dallas Cowboys, who have thrown 75. So it is a there's a huge gap. They're a dink and dunk team, and he has a big arm. I've just you've seen him a ton because you cover among other things the Big 12. And obviously, you know, quarterbacks. I, I watch the Big 12 more than anybody. It's the conference of my alma mater. And I love his arm, but I hate his feet. And I just, how, Andy reads another quarterback whisperer, can he fix his feet? Boy, it's going to be really tough. You know, what's interesting is um, I actually had breakfast yesterday with, with Chris Bielman, who was obviously on the show, and, and John Gruden joined us. And, and we talked almost exclusively about Mahomes. And what was interesting was just hearing the stories about about John's kind of upbringing and cutting his teeth as a coach in the National Football League on that extraordinary staff up in Green Bay under Mike Holmgren. I mean, that was Andy Reid. I mean, there was a ton of great coaches on that staff. And Gruden was kind of a pup on that staff when Favre was the quarterback. And he talked about the Favre comparison quite a bit. And, and I th- I hadn't put that together candidly because it was so wild and reckless and almost schoolyard that I hadn't put in, associated that with just a, a gunslinger mentality. Um, and then when I went back, so I actually went back and, and watched it. I had a little tape on, on one of the apps that I have on my iPad, and I was like, I got to see this, this again. So I went back and watched a little Mahomes, and I started to see what, what Gruden was talking about. Well, Andy Reid was on that staff, and so if you're – Andy Reid, and you know Andy, while his offense is tailored to the short passing game, you know he gets frustrated that Alex Smith won't take a shot because literally Alex Smith has windows down the field, he has wide receivers down the field, and he will not throw it. He does not want to throw interceptions. He wants to um, protect his completion percentage, and, and I think that's a frustration for the coaching staff. And now here's this guy who just throws that out the window, and he is a ball-playing Jesse. And, and I think that type of pendulum swing was attractive not only for the coaching staff 
but for Andy, who was with Barb in Green Bay and maybe sees a lot, of, a, a little of that in Patrick Mahomes. Hmm. Going to be fascinating. All right, well, look, uh, I, I loved your coverage. Uh, what I heard on the I, I hope you had fun doing it, but it was a, a really good, interesting threesome, and I look forward to talking football more with you in the very near future, Joel. Thanks so much for being our guest. I can't wait, man. I'm, uh, and by the way, just just officially, since this is my first time on with you on Fox, really happy that you're uh, with us, and um, best of luck. I can't wait to be on with you in the future. All right, man, and we'll do, we'll get together in Newport Beach. I'll show you some of the. There's a bunch of places you don't even know about. You got to go the other side of the I bay. I know. I'm like that's where the, that's where the real people. I'm basically like a tourist right now in my own town. Yeah, yeah. We'll take we'll take you over to 17th Street where he gets into Costa Mesa. Gets where the real people are. You're you're over in a little bit different tax bracket than the rest of us, but that, that that's okay. Clatless. <laughs> Yeah. Clint, uh, appreciate yeah, right. you. Uh, right, right. Admire the hair more than anything, and thanks for joining us on C- on on Fox Sports Radio. I appreciate you recognizing the hair game. You got to bring it uh, strong. The hair game is hair strong. Look, look, I have I have hair growing in places that it shouldn't be growing. So that's 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 my issue. Um, we're gonna dig into my sack, <clears throat> painfully so. After we find out what's trending, all the naughty by nature guys still alive? Just just wondering. I'm just wondering, just thinking about that, right? There was a time there. This was a, um, and the thing about Naughty by Nature is, uh, this is probably my third favorite Naughty by Nature song. Now, you know, um, I just, part of it is I've seen the movie Juice, and if you went back to uh, old soundtracks, you'd know what my favorite a Naughty by Nature song is, but still, they had a good little they had a good little run there. Had a good little run there. It, it also shows that there was a time in which, and I still think you get away with this if you have the best physique. You could wear, um, I don't know if it was a dog chain around your neck or what it was like a dog collar on your neck, and get away with it and call it style. That's that's, that's the things I think about with Naughty by Nature. Great to catch up with Joel Klatt. Hair game is fantastic. It, it, whoever cuts his hair, it, it's almost like they do it with a razor blade, and and every hair is just so. I'm incredibly jealous of that. He should be jealous of me because now we're going to dig into my sack. Let's reach into Godlieb's sack. <laughs> that is still the creepiest open in all of sports radio. Uh, what's in my sack today, Ryan? Well, inside the sack will actually be none other than Dan Beyer. Oh, a lot going on in here. What's going on? <laughs> uh, let, no, let's see what let's, let's see what we've got, Johnny. Wait, do you want to do you want to share with me what's going? on? There's laughter in the background here. <laughs> Ramos, were you guys like unprepared? Were you guys jacking around? What's going on? No, no, we are fully prepared. I'm going to be serving you up your uh, your uh, sack today, Doug. Mm. Here okay, we go. What's, what's what do we got? We've got big deal, little oh. deal, no deal. And uh, Doug, I think you were you were referring to Uptown Anthem by Naughty by Nature. Uptown Anthem. That is break, uh, bash, roll, smash. We're gonna break. We're gonna bash. We're gonna roll. We're gonna smash. Bing bing. I was telling the guys bing, earlier bing. this week. I went and bought uh, Naughty bing, by Nature's bing. greatest hits years back. Bought the clean version. Had to go take it back. You know, just wasn't the same. Let's, uh, we try to keep it here on Big Deal, Little Deal, or No Deal. Let's start out in Kansas wait, City. Wait, wait, how, yep. how many hits did they have to have a greatest hits? Oh, a lot. I mean, everything's going to be all right. OPP, Oh, I forgot about hooray. everything's going to be all right. That's yeah. probably number four. Yep. OPP Ec- was probably number two for me. Craziest could, is another one. Could be, yeah, what, uh, craziest? I, what's craziest? I don't know craziest. Um, 
That's kind of the beat. Okay. Wow. I'll tell you what. You'll you'll uh, you'll hear it, and then you'll be like, okay, all right. Here's the thing, though. Like people can make fun of us for liking Naughty by Nature. Every oh, rapper now tries to sound like Drake, and I don't even think Drake sounds that good. I don't get the Drake thing. I've told people all the time, like I don't get it. I just it's one of those it's one of those phases. I'd, I'm happy to say I didn't get the rowdy, rowdy, bowdy, bowdy, dirty South rap. Like, I wasn't in on that. And I'm also in on the Drake thing. This, this too, my friends, shall pass. What do you got, Dan? Let's start out in Kansas City. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid saying Alex Smith is still his team's starting quarterback despite wink, trading wink, up to get nod, nod. Pat Mahomes <laughs> with a 10th overall pick. Big deal, little deal, or no deal? That he's saying it or that they drafted Mahomes? Uh, big deal that he is saying Alex Smith is still the starting quarterback. It's like, no deal, right? No deal. I mean, come on. This is this is like your wife walking in on you, texting with an old girlfriend, and, you know, catching you having lunch with the old girlfriend, talking to the old girlfriend, and you're like, honey, this is no big deal. Nothing's going on here. And you're like, okay. You're like, dude, you didn't. Everyone is frustrated in football with the fact that Alex Smith is captain checkdown. Like you don't even have to be a you don't even have to be a Chiefs fan or be a fantasy football guy or whatever. You just passing knowledge of football. You're like, if I said captain checkdown, who would you say it is like mm, Alex Smith? I mean, the stats don't lie. I read it. it just so you go and get the guy with the biggest, strongest arm who can make every throw. Alex Smith is absolutely the starting quarterback at the start of the season. But just like eventually he was replaced in San Francisco, eventually he'll be replaced in Kansas City. Let's go to Houston. Big deal, little deal, or no deal. Kind of the same situation. Bill O'Brien saying that right now Tom Savage is going to be their starter and not Deshaun Watson, who they traded up to get to. Um, That's a little deal. I think they're different situations than Kansas City, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I think that I think, you think yeah, I think Watson yeah, is Alex more Smith, ready Alex to Smith, you know, Alex Smith has actually been a quarterback in the NFC championship game. Yep. Um he's played well at times in the playoffs, well enough to win in the playoffs. I mean, he's been like Tom Savage has no but Tom Savage has has a greater knowledge of the offense. And of, we know it's an eventuality that Deshaun Watson gets the reins there. It'll probably happen sooner. But the Mahomes thing is is more of a reaction to the style of play and the ceiling of. There's a reason that Kansas City wanted Tony Romo, right? So it's 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 not what you say; it's what you do. And both of these quarterbacks will eventually be replaced. Big deal, little deal, or no deal, Doug? A report from ESPN says Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas all passed on signing Lonzo Ball to a shoe deal. That's because Levar Ball. Wanted to go co-branding-wise with those three companies on the Big Baller brand. Those three companies said, thanks, but no thanks, we will pass. Yeah, You watch Shark Tank? Yes, of course. Shark Tank's awesome. I was watching it late last night, and I was thinking, it's one of those things that sometimes those guys, the sharks, would be like, do you have a patent on this idea? They're like, no, we don't have a patent on the idea. Like, patent. what would stop yeah. me from copying this idea and doing it on my own? Um, the point is, like, the old idea of co-branding Big Baller brand those guys probably laughed him out of the room. The only way you have to first build a brand of success in the NBA in concert with a shoe company, and if then you want to relaunch Baller brand as part of like then it's a possibility. But he massively overplayed his hand. 
and I'm sure he got laughed out of those rooms. And the, now the decision is going to be either you ditch Baller Brand or you go to like a Chinese shoe company and you get the most possible money with the least likelihood of success of brand and the least likelihood of success of a shoe becoming kind of a thing that people wear. What you didn't know, Doug, is that John Ramos actually wanted 25% of big deal, little deal, or no deal. And uh, I said, I'm out. No, no, no can do for John Ramos. Yeah, he overvalued his, yeah, he uh, his share, his share in, in big deal, little deal, no deal. <laughs> That's what he did. Sorry, John. No deal for you. That's today's... Uh... <laughs> That's Scott Lee's sack. That's <laughs> in my sack. Uh, what did you miss from earlier today? I actually don't know what we missed from earlier today. I'll, I'll be honest. Unlike the other gentlemen who work on this show, I've been working the Bill Self uh, Fantasy Basketball Camp earlier today. So I've been preparing for the show, reading about all the NFL draft stories, but I haven't been listening to Fox Sports Radio, not because I don't listen to my brethren, but because I haven't had the opportunity to do so. Not something you should do. You should always keep it locked to Channel 83 on XM Sirius or on your iHeart app or on your Fox Sports Radio field. But, like, look, I had a little bit of a busy morning. What you miss and how I will react to it? Find out next. Roger Goodell sounding like the oldest man in the room when he's really not. Why is he saying what he's saying? We will discuss Upcoming at the top of the hour, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio, uh, coming to you. Actually, from Lawrence, Kansas today. We'll get into why I'm here and uh, thank the good folks for having me here a little bit later on in the show. Ton of things to get to outside of, uh, we do have the press later on the show, don't we? Are we going to have bring Dan Byers, he preparing uh, the press and all the stories that we have? That is, of course, what Dan Byers is doing, as always. What's he's not at least he's not chewing chips in my ear like he was like he was yesterday. That's that's a big I and I know like the second I say it he's gonna open up his microphone and yeah, just start munching away, go, Oh sorry, was that me? Was no, that, no, that... no, I won't I've actually felt really bad about it. I didn't wanna I didn't want to uh mess Thanks your for bringing it up, Gottlieb. So, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for that. Yeah, I get called in my boss's carpet for that. Uh, th- thank you very much. Um so uh, uh, we'll get to Roger Goodell top of the hour. I do think that some people's reaction to the NFL draft is at least partially curious. And as we try and uh, show off the fact we have the best national sports lineup in uh, sports radio, we play a little game we call What Did the Fox Say? And now, <laughs> what does the Fox say? Mm, what does the Fox say? Earlier today on Colin Cowherd show, the herd on Fox Sports Radio, also available on FS1, Colin said this about teams drafting wide receivers in the first round. Yesterday, everybody said, what did the Bears do? That's risky. Yeah, I didn't love what they did either. But the Titans, the Chargers, and the Bengals drafted wide receivers. Three of them went in the top nine picks. Would you say they're great run organizations? You do realize that Bill Belichick in his entire career has drafted one wide receiver in the first round. Ever. One. Wide receivers are the convertible sports cars of the NFL. Once it gets cold and windy, you gotta put it in the garage. I don't think wide receivers translate to wins, and I think there's lots of them. Hmm. Uh, well, let's, let's talk about the convertible thing. You guys ever had a convertible? That is Music. no. Music, nope. you never had a convertible? No. You're no. a California guy, you never had one. Ramos, uh, I've had, a, I've had a sunroof. Does that count? Oh. <laughs> is there any more, is there any less used um, 
less used item on a car or on, in anything in your life than the sunroof. Like uh, I use it people, all the time. <laughs> you're like the exception, not the rule. Like. I don't know how many people. There's a ton of people in Honda Accords right now going like, well, first of all, what's the difference between a sunroof and a moonroof? Because I have a moonroof, not a sunroof. I, I think it's about the placement more than anything. Secondly, it's literally the least used um, accessory that you can have on a car. It just is. Like of the, There are other things that you, like everybody has it, right? They're like, hey, when you buy a new car, come in, and we'll give you a demo of, of all the different things you can use. I actually like it better when I don't know. I, it's like having a new car. Like I used to have one of those Audis where if you press a button uh, and you're in cruise control, you can put like two or three or two or one, two or three cars in between you and the other car. So like when you drive to Vegas, like you're cruising at like 85 and somebody hops in your lane and automatically slows down and keeps you three car lengths behind him. It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. But I didn't know I had it until I had the car for like three months. And I was like, wow, this is a cool new feature. Even that I use more. Than the sunroof. Anyway, no, no one's ever. Have you guys ever had? At, no one's ever had. Have you ever at least rented a convertible? I did that at the Fauna Four. My son thought I was the coolest dad ever. We rented a Mustang, and he's like, "Dad, can you put the top down?" I was like, "Yes, I can." And clank, crank that thing down. It was really, really cool. So you guys, and nobody's ever had, uh, ever had a convertible. No. The thing that he's right about a convertible. Like you're much better off having a hard top, but if you already have a really nice car. Like, my brother gets a freebie car because he's a coach at Oregon State. But for his third car, the one he actually uses his own money on, he has a convertible. He's got a little convertible Beamer. It's nothing special. He's like, you know, like, hey, it's not sunny that often in Oregon, but when it is, it's beautiful. And, like, if you ever – you just – it's an amazing feeling. So if you can do it, if you can afford it, like, yeah, have a convertible. It's the same thing with wide receivers. The three teams he mentioned were, what, San Diego – Cincinnati, who was the other one he mentioned in drafting a wide receiver yesterday? Oh, the Titans. Okay, look, they already have their quarterbacks, all three of them. And for the Chargers, the Chargers lost Keenan Allen both the last two years. Like, what's the purpose of having Phillip Rivers at this point in his career when he doesn't have anybody to throw to? He has old Antonio Gates knows you know, knows how to create a window and can just post people up. We don't know how Keenan Allen's going to be. He had the spleen two years ago. He had the knee this this last year. you got to get somebody else. They went and got it. Marcus Mariota, they have a good offensive line. They have a good running game. They need wide receivers. These were need-based picks. And the difference, and in Cincinnati, they already have one wide receiver. You're drafting a second wide receiver. I agree. They're luxury items, but you can buy luxury items when – your house is already being paid for. Your car, you already have a solid first car. He's right, and he's wrong all at the same time. That's what the Fox said. What did Roger Goodell say, and why is he wrong? Find out next, maybe who he's covering for on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Every day at this time, you can check in with us. We get you updated on the stories that you are either interested in or we will make you interested in them. That's right. We will make you interested in these stories. Everybody's talking about the NFL draft and what took place last night. I thought both Cleveland and the Niners uh, both killed it. Both absolutely killed it. They did, a, they did a tremendous job. 
Um, and I don't, I don't hate the, I don't hate the quarterback moves. The Chicago one is the most curious. You know, like you went and signed a guy for eighteen million dollars. You have a whole bunch of other needs, and then you trade up to get Mitch Trubisky, who's going to sit behind him for at least a year, maybe more. Uh, so you protected him, but boy, that and the fact that Chicago. Ryan Pace did not tell his co his head coach that's what they were going to do. That strikes me as exceptionally odd. Um, they had to find another quarterback in in, in instead of Alex Smith. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't think Pat Mahomes will be ready this year, but it's probably because I mean, how why they get up that high? They probably they had to get him before the Saints. Maybe she could have because the Saints are preparing for their future without Drew Brees. There's a ton of different things to get to. I thought this was interesting, though, that the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, was on uh, Mike and Mike earlier today. And he had he said something that I kind of I agree with him. We talked about this earlier in the week in regards to a diluted sample. He talked about drug testing, talked about marijuana. He had this to say in regards to diluted samples. Dilution's also been something that we've been very clear with about, that that is a way to escape a positive sure. test, and so we don't allow that as an excuse. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an excuse. And like when it when it comes to players who have tested positive, it's always been the, this is, you know, like, remember when they were able to track your cell phones and, People are concerned about the NSA, and there's some creepy things that they've been able to do. Uh, there was obviously talk about, uh, you go back to when the Patriot Act first came to be, that they could actually activate your video camera on your computer and see what you're doing like that. That's pretty creepy stuff, right? Um, on the other hand, this idea that, hey, we can look inside your emails if there's a certain word in there or a text in there about, you know, whatever that, that triggers us that we can go, like, if you don't have anything to hide, you don't have anything to hide. And so if an NFL player is bothered by the, hey, I got a, I was a diluted sample, I'm not a weed guy, I'm not a PED guy, I can't believe that I tested positive. Like, the first positive test doesn't do anything. It doesn't suspend you immediately. There's, no, there's nothing. It's a slap on the wrist. Now, it means they're going to pay attention and there'll be more drug tests in the near future. And you're in the program, but it has exactly zero effect. If you're not a drug guy, it doesn't matter. On the other hand, we're at this kind of weird place, which we I think we all know we're in a weird place where professional sports actually holds you to a higher standard of conduct. It's one of the things that people don't discuss enough about the Ray Rice deal. Like they're all they went everyone went crazy when he only got two-game suspension for hitting Janae Rice, right? At the time, the two-game suspension was the longest suspension anyone had ever gotten for domestic violence. And he got nothing. He got a pretrial diversionary hearing, pretrial diversionary uh, ruling, whatever, from the New Jersey court, from Atlantic City. That's what he got. Like, as, as much as you can be appalled, and you're rightfully that two games for hitting a woman isn't enough, and now it's a minimum of six games. And really, if there's another video that comes out, it feels like it's almost uh, a death knell to your, your football career if it happens while you're in an NFL uniform. No one's really that bothered by the fact, or not bothered enough to really make a difference in the fact that domestic violence 
There's not much punishment for it on your first offense, or even on your second offense, in comparison to what's done to you if you're a professional athlete. The same is true with with marijuana. Like personal, uh, a personal amount of marijuana has been decriminalized throughout the country and is legal in some states. And so at this weird place to where it's like, do we really want our NFL athletes to be held to a higher standard in terms of their pain management? If that's what marijuana is used for. Take a listen to what Roger Goodell had to say about marijuana use. We look at it from a medical standpoint. So if people feel that it has a medical benefit, the medical advisors have to tell you that. And we have joint advisors. Uh, We also have independent advisors, both the NFLPA and the NFL. And we'll sit down and talk about that. But we've been studying that through our advisors. Uh, To date, they haven't said this is a change we think you should make. That's in the best interest of the health and safety of our players. If they do, we're certainly going to consider that. He said, he went on to say, and by the way, I love that he has joint advisors. Like, do you think he even knew the, the double entendre to say, like, yeah, we got joint advisors? <laughs> I would love that. That's a, that'd be a sound like a fun job, right? Uh, I'm sorry, Cheech and Chong have already uh, taken over as joint advisors. Actually, John Ramos has been a joint advisor for a long time. Like, yeah, that's a good joint. <laughs> John, you, you got card. nothing to say he on that, John? Well, I don't, I don't smoke got, marijuana. He goes, so. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, right, John? That's what no, you're nothing saying. nothing wrong so, with that, no. Um, it, he, he went on to say it does have an addictive nature. There's a lot of compounds in marijuana that may not be healthy for the players long term. All those things have to be considered. It's not as simple as somebody just wants to feel better after the game. We will really want to help our player in that circumstance, but I want to make sure that the negative consequences aren't something that is something that will uh, that will be held accountable for in some years down the road. So I, I actually think that's a pretty smart and sensible non-response response, right? Like, people are going to freak out about it. But he didn't say they're not going to do it. He also didn't say that I know it's addictive or it's not. He said there are some – it does have an addictive nature. Uh, it, it's not to the uh, – I have a friend who um, is in the business who once on radio said, like, hey, look – Marijuana is not a gateway drug. And in our one of our old bosses called him upstairs like, you can't say that on radio or TV. And so the conversation kind of went like this, like, hey, did you try marijuana in college? He's like, yes, I did. Did you try cocaine in college? No, I did not. So why isn't it a gateway? It's not a gateway drug? Or is it a gateway drug? Like, you go around the office, you ask how many people try marijuana. Then you ask how many people, like, did it lead to cocaine? Did it lead to pills? Or did it not? Either it is or it is not. But the idea that it does have an addictive nature is like a response, non-response. He didn't say it's addictive. He said it's an addictive nature. Semantics do matter to these guys. And he said we have doctors and they'll make the decision. Um, But he also said it likely won't be cleared by the NFL anytime soon as a pain relief alternative. This is the part to me to which, look, I don't think, I've said this before, I don't think the NFL... Will will want the shield to represent players that hey man everybody smokes. I don't think you want that, but the the easy way to get out of it is to have it as instead of giving guys Vicodin, instead of giving giving guys Oxy. If if that is the 
if that's what the trade-off is, like if it's marijuana or nothing, well, then nothing is obviously a better image for the league. If it's marijuana or Vike, well, thank, frankly, marijuana was probably the, is probably the better pain remedy. Yeah, Ryan, go ahead. So the thing that I find interesting about this with Roger Goodell talking about, you know, how soon or if ever it'll be passed. Do you remember maybe about a month or two ago that they said that Jerry Jones was starting to sort of champion that they should be more laxed on marijuana? Do you think this might end up being an ownership versus like the league PR sort of war here if some of the ownerships start to become more laxed on it? I don't think it's an ownership thing. I I think that a lot of times people who – I think, like, when Jerry Jones says it, okay, I don't know if Jerry Jones actually believes it or he knows that he – let me give you the parallel here, okay? When I talk to college coaches, football and basketball, when we talk to them about cost of attendance or even paying players – When the microphone's not on, they're all like, this is a joke, right? Like, it's harder to get in college than it's ever been. It's more expensive in college than there have been. Players have it better than they've ever had it. We surround them with the absolute best uh, support in academics, the absolute best in support in athletics. Like, they have it so incredibly good. The value of what they're actually getting in comparison to what they're, they're truthfully bringing back in is is completely in their favor. That's what 90, 95%. Is there some wasteful spending because there's some profit for some of these schools? Sure, sure. But by and large, a lot of it goes into um, into treating the kids really, really well. Now, if you were to ask those same coaches when a TV camera is on or a microphone is hot, they would say, like, look, I'm all for the players getting as much as they deserve. Cost of attendance and... You know, like, look, we're all making a lot of money. If they if they make it legal for them to get more money, they can get more money, right? The reason is you can't be the guy who says absolutely not, no way possible because they fear that could be used against them in recruiting. It's the same thing with owners in the NFL, Ryan. I, I feel like Jerry Jones can't say he, he doesn't want to come out. First, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he believes it, but also he can't. For a guy who's a player-friendly owner, he can't come out and say, we have to punish these guys to the fullest extent of the law. They're Dallas Cowboys. They they carry a much greater weight in our community than, frankly, police officers or but, uh, members of the clergy or even school teachers. Like That's how important the Dallas Cowboys are. And we can't have them walking around the streets of Dallas or in Fort Worth with a joint in their mouth saying it's okay. No, it's okay. They're NFL right. players. Okay, but... Th- so behind the scenes, what they say and in front of the camera, what they say is two completely different things. And I'm sure that Roger Goodell, like, that's why he's walking the tightrope here. He's trying to not offend the players. He's trying to not freak out about it. He's being, he's using some smart semantics. He's saying, I'm not making this decision. The doctor's making the decision. And he's saying that, look, as of now, that's our policy. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, but, but. You know, I I, I just kind of think they're caught between a rock and a hard place in the fact that there's a, a good amount of people who are brought up in this world believing, believing that as reefer madness, it's addictive drug, it's a gateway drug, and we've evolved some on it, and yet he also understands it's 
football players, you know, are our role models. You can't get out of that. And so how can how can you appease society? How can you handle the responsibility of uh, of being a football player? But also, how can you be reasonable as a commissioner? The last thing he wants is to be handing down suspensions for a guy smoking a joint. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car. You're lo- the same car you're looking for, and on average, save over 3000 off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I got people everywhere. I got dudes in Houston to cover their new quarterback. In Cleveland, their lack of drafting a quarterback. And to Indy, where Larry Bird is no longer the president of the Indiana Pacers. I got people. We'll go to them next. It's not that hard to listen to your host, folks. That's 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 the lesson today. John Ramos is paying attention. Mm. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. On average, save over three thousand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Interesting night in the NFL. I don't like what the Bears particularly did. I uh, just, I just don't. Even if Trubisky works out, here's the problem with drafting Trubisky. And uh, again, it's because of where they are. Like, are the Bears a playoff team now? No, if the Bears aren't a playoff team, and boy, he better be a franchise quarterback. Obviously, they've been in search of one. They thought they had one in Jay Cutler. That didn't work out. Mike Glennon's their starter this year, based upon how much money they're paying him. But you drafted a backup, which in Kansas City you can draft a backup. You have a starter, you have a good team, you can make the playoffs without your first-round pick, you can draft a back. In Chicago, you can't. What about Houston? How long will Deshaun Watson be a backup? What about Cleveland? Are they really are they punting for next year? And I don't know if you saw this story, but Larry Bird is no longer the president in Indy. I got people everywhere. Let's touch base with them. Sounds like you need a guy. Hey! I need, hey. A, I need a guy. I, I, a guy. I need a guy. I need a guy. I got a guy in Houston. Brian Smith joins us from the Houston Chronicle. He's a discovering, among other things, the Houston Texans. Brian, uh, Deshaun Watson seems like a great dude, man. Seems like a great dude. Obviously, because he won a national championship, he's seen as a winner. But is he good enough to be the quarterback that the Texans have never had? Well, you know, we're, we're going to find out in about five years, right? I mean, either he will be the new face of the franchise joining J.J. Watt and the answer and the, the solution to 15 years of, of ultimately Q, quarterback futility outside of three good Matt Schaub years, or this, this will be a bust. But they, it's not like they drafted and traded – uh, you know, the entire farm to get him. It, I think it was a smart trade for what it was. It's obviously a position of need. He, he fits all the pegs. It's just got to work out. But it's like any of this stuff. It's going to take years to evaluate. But right now, this trade feels very, very smart and proactive for the Houston Texans. Um, how involved, how engaged was Bill O'Brien in this move? Yeah, this is a good sign, right? So, you know, there was a lot of smoke that O'Brien really liked Mahomes. But in the last couple of weeks, Bill O'Brien spent time with Deshaun Watson. You know, Bill, o- Bill O'Brien has really quickly bonded with Deshaun Watson. Today at the press conference, Watson said one of the things that really stood out with him was his meeting with the Texans and Bill O'Brien specifically. 
Bill O'Brien is a hard guy to play for, right? You know, he's, he's the coach who yelled at Tom Brady on the sideline and it got in his face. Multiple reports last year that Swaller and O'Brien weren't exactly best friends, screaming matches that were heard through other rooms. So the fact that they're already clicking and that Bill O'Brien was on board with this, that he was part of the decision-making process, is very encouraging, especially to lay this foundation if this, if this decision, if this move is going to work. Okay, uh, what are um, what what we got? We still got a, several six rounds to go. What are you expecting the Texans to do with the rest of their roster? Well, the number one thing they've got to do is start to build a, a wall around Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's mobile, he's athletic, he's got a nice arm. Uh, but if if you're going to make this work, they've got to solidify this offensive line. Now they have a, a, a Pro Bowler annually in Dwayne Brown, but he's he's getting up there in age. Right side of the line is a huge issue. They did draft Nick Martin out of Notre Dame last year. He was going to be their starting center. Didn't make it through training camp because of an injury. He should be back. So if you can have you know Dwayne Brown as your left tackle, draft the right tackle in the second, third round tonight. Uh, they drafted Xavier Suofio a couple years ago out of UCLA in the second round. That could be a line that starts to take a step forward, but you've got to solidify it in this draft after, after you know putting so much into Watson in your future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to got to build an offensive line. Careful about building the saying building a wall. Yeah, yeah. Give, you know, it works for some people. I don't know if you want to start with anyone build a wall. Build a, <laughs> I, 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 I know you. It hasn't, it hasn't worked for that person yet either. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 absolutely true. Uh, JJ Watt's brother goes to Pittsburgh. Was there any thought of fi- finding a way to link JJ and his brother up uh, up on the same defensive line? I don't think so. I think they're too smart for that. You know, for all the silly moves the Texans have made and the Osweiler signing on and on, uh, it's not like this is the NBA free agency and James Harden or Kobe Bryant or LeBron James is going to really have a say. NFL just does not work like that. You know, you don't play favorites uh, or, or rely on nepotism in the NFL. If the Texans had, they would have drafted Derek Carr a few years ago. So it'll be interesting, though. Christmas Day, Steelers, Texans in Houston. J.J. versus T.J., and now we have three Watt brothers in the NFL as if we weren't already on Watt overload. Yeah, well, listen, it's, Watt brothers are better than Gronkowski brothers. Just remember that. That's, all, that's always, <laughs> that's always I, a good thing. I do thing. not dispute that at all. Brian Smith, Houston Chronicle columnist covering the Houston Texans, among other things. At Cron Brian Smith is his Twitter handle. Thanks for being our guy in Houston. Anytime. Take care. I got a guy. Let's. I got. I need a guy in Cleveland. I got one. Dan Lobby joins us from Cleveland.com. Browns beat writer. Uh, Dan, my sense is that you look around and no one thinks there's a a Pro Bowl or an All Pro quarterback in this draft. And whether it was Garoppolo or maybe Cousins next year or hey, the next year's draft is a lot better. You got the two kids in Los Angeles, Darnold um, and Rosen. Just just name a few. Uh, are they punting for next year? Are they trusting the process like the Philadelphia 76ers? <laughs> In some ways they are. I'm not quite ready to say they're punting just yet, though, because, you know, I know that it's been said over and over again that Jimmy Garoppolo might not be available, but they keep kind of sweetening the pot and adding some assets to throw it in New England. So I, I still wonder if that's an option. There's even some A.J. McCarron rumors floating around out there. With Cincinnati, of course, Hugh Jackson coached him uh, in Cincinnati. I don't know why the Bengals would trade a quarterback within division, but those rumors are out there. Uh, they did punt on drafting a quarterback. They might still take a guy, you know, late in this draft, but they certainly punted on trying to find a franchise quarterback in this year's draft. How involved was Hugh Jackson in the decisions? Well, I think there were a few guys that Hugh Jackson really liked. And when those guys came off the board, obviously Deshaun Watson was not one of those guys. 
uh, they decided to not go after them. I think Pat Mahomes was a guy that Hugh Jackson liked. And, of course, Kansas City uh, got up and, and took him before the Browns had an opportunity. But, you know, I think Hugh Jackson is involved, but ultimately it is this front office that is driving this analytics movement. Um, okay, so what do you expect them to do today? Well, I'd like... I think they might look at one of the quarterbacks. It might be a little bit of a reach to take a guy like Josh Dobbs today. That seems more like a day three thing. I think wide receiver is really the place to watch. They took four wide receivers last year, but they still need help there. None of those guys really panned out. And even though they took Jabril Peppers yesterday, the safety, they still need help in their secondary. They need to get a cornerback. So uh, if I'm making the picks, those are the two areas I'm focusing on, and I think the Browns are, are kind of thinking the same thing. We appreciate you being our guy, Dan Lobby, Cleveland.com, Browns beat writer, at Dan underscore Lobby is L-A-B-B-L, excuse me, Dan underscore L-A-B-B-E. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I got a guy. Larry Bird uh, uh, quits as the Indiana Pacers president, Bob Kravitz, talented columnist for for the Indy Star, obviously also on W. HTR Radio at B Kravitz is his Twitter handle. Uh, his contract was up, right? Did they want him back? Yeah, they wanted him back. Uh, he goes on a year-to-year deal with uh, Herb Simon, the owner, and he uh, he this was uh, he decided uh, this on his own volition. Uh, he was not pushed out. Uh, he just decided that it was time to uh, have another voice, uh, an, another leader, uh, taking the Pacers into this new. Uh, into this new season, how would you how would you characterize this run with the Pacers by Larry Bird? I think it's been uh, pretty good. You know, I mean, two Eastern Conference uh, uh, Finals per, uh, uh, appearances. I think uh, you know they've made the the playoffs. Once they got out of the post brawl uh, rubble, uh, they made the playoffs virtually every year except for the year that Paul George uh, broke his leg. So I think he's done a pretty good job considering that Indianapolis is not really a focus for most free agents. They have budgetary restrictions, and they never they never tank. So they're, they're never picking second, third, fourth, fifth. Did, did he want to keep or trade Paul George? Oh, they, he wants to keep him. I mean, he's, he told me, he's told the media that if Paul wants to stay, he will give him every cent that he's got at his disposal. Uh, if, he, if he makes the All NBA team and he can get the, kind of that supermax deal for forty-five million dollars a year for five years, uh, he would definitely give it to him. But I think Paul's going to make a decision independent of the decision that Larry Bird made uh, just today. Okay, so with, with that in mind, does that mean that they're more apt to trade him in the off season with Larry Bird walking out that door? Yeah, well, I think even if Larry had stayed, I think that uh, if Paul George. If Paul George comes to Larry or now Kevin Pritchard and says, look, I'm going to opt out at the end of the season, there's no doubt in my mind that they they should and they would trade him this offseason, um, probably uh, prior to the draft where they could uh, start the rebuild with perhaps a, a top two or three pick uh, in this coming draft. Uh, well, Bob, listen. Obviously, a very interesting day. Like, were, were you? What was your reaction? Were you surprised by this? Were you? Did you think this was yeah, happening? Yeah, I I thought that he was going to stick around for one more year. I knew he wasn't a long timer. He's made it very clear that if he doesn't get the job done, doesn't bring a championship to Indianapolis, 
he's going to walk at some point. I thought next year was going to be the year. Um, but I think he looked at it and said, you know what, we're probably looking at a complete rebuild here. Let's give uh, the new guy kind of a clean slate and let him figure it out. Uh, and Kevin, Kevin Pritchard is the new guy, is the guy, period, like long-term? Yes, absolutely. He's the guy. He's worked with Nate McMillan in Portland. He's got a very good uh, background, uh, very active in the draft during his time in Portland, and you know brought that team back out of a really bad era when they were the jailblazers, if you remember. Yep, yep, I do remember. I think KP does a great job. I think it's actually a really good fit. Bob Kravitz from WHTR, and he's a columnist in India as well. Bob, thanks so much for joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Okay, thank you. All right, that's uh, Bob Kravitz joining us in the news that Larry Bird has quit as president of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, we'll get you update on all the stories that you may have missed uh, double duty, actually, for Dan Beyer after we find out quickly what's trending. Who hasn't been there, right? Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on Fox Sports Radio, 877-99 on Fox. Might have a chance to work in a call or two. You're hardcore if you're following day two of the NFL draft. Day three, like like watching it, like watching every pick. Day three, you got a problem. It's a lot like um, if you find yourself gambling on the WNBA, like, you have a problem. I told people that um, uh, Tack McKinley, you guys saw the Tack McKinley, uh, like when he went crazy and celebrated, he brought that huge picture with him of his of his deceased grandma, which there was a bunch of questions when he has that picture. It's like, okay, did, did, he send, did he ship the picture up there in advance? Like we should ask Jim Mora who joined us yesterday because like, well, we didn't know. And by the way, if you missed the Jim Mora interview, you can download the podcast. You can subscribe to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Go to iTunes. Uh, I believe we're 32nd right now. Like, we've only been in for four days. We're 32nd in podcasts, nationally. Sports podcast? I have no idea. We it might be in a category. I've got a buddy who told me we're 32nd, so I was supposed to celebrate. There's 31 podcasts better than this one? Anyway, um, Jim Mora joined us, the head coach of UCLA, and he was talking about the Tat McKinley story, which was incredible. And he was raised by his grandma, who, of course, recently passed. But my thing was, like, I if, if you have a problem with Tat McKinley dropping a GD in an F-bomb when he's super, super excited, so much so that you're like, you want the NFL to find him. And he did say, find me later. Uh, you you got to go talk to somebody. You got to get some therapy. There, there's something missing in your life that you're way more concerned about somebody else's life than you should. All right, let's concern you with, let's. hey, it's Friday. You're on the road to the lake. You're getting ready for kids' ball games. You're about to take your lady out. You're about to take your dude out. You're about to take your girlfriend out. Let's update you with what you've missed with the press. The Press. Dan Beyer, press me. What do you got? Well, what we've got, Doug, is starting out in the NBA playoffs. You were two for two last night and calling the Bucks season coming to an end. The same with the Memphis Grizzlies. Three opportunities tonight. Wizards are in Atlanta to face the Hawks. Bulls are home to the Celtics trying to stay alive in Chicago, while the Jazz can close it out at home against the Clippers as they're up 3-2. 
Three game sixes tonight. Will we see any game sevens? Oh, man. So Atlanta would have to win at home, right? Mm-hmm. Which they've done. They've done. I don't think they do tonight. I like uh, Washington. Um, Utah winning at home is much more likely, although the Clippers have beaten them there. Uh, that's the one I'm twisting out. What's the third one? I forget. Celtics Bulls in Chicago. That one's over. That's that's the Celtics going to win that game. Right. So I like Celtics close it out. I like uh, Wizards to close it out. I think I'm going to pick the Clippers to upset the Jazz and force a game seven. All right. If there is a game seven, are you going to go with Ryan Music? I guess would be the next question, Doug. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. Hey, a report from the vertical says that Cavs GM David Griffin remains the top candidate to replace the fired Rob Hennigan as the GM of the Orlando Magic. So David Griffin still possibly could be on the way out of Cleveland as they go for back-to-back championships. It's interesting because you're you're asking you, you probably somebody probably asked you like why would you leave a championship team. Right. I think the answer is pretty quite simply because you would have much more control than you do. Like now, LeBron wants to be GM. LeBron forces you to sign a Tristan Thompson more money than you want. LeBron forces you to sign J.R. Smith more money than you want. Like you've done the LeBron thing. You've won your championships. You checked the box. Now you want to rebuild the Orlando Magic. I kind of understand why you would want to do that. Yeah. One more from the NBA. A few days after Indianapolis says they want to host the NBA All-Star Game, Detroit now wants to host it in either 2020 or 2021. The reason I bring this up, Doug, is because... Because Detroit sucks? No, no, Detroit does not suck. It doesn't. It doesn't? But Come about on, ten, dude. Stop ten, it. Ten... Stop it. Downtown Detroit, they're going to build the new arena in downtown Detroit, yep. right? Yes, they are. Yes, on, not man. far from Ford Field I didn't say. I didn't say. I didn't say Birmingham sucks I didn't, or Gross Point sucks or any of the suburbs. Oh, they're beautiful. Detroit? Stop it. In the middle of winter? Come on, what are we doing here? <laughs> the uh, the NBA 10 years ago, David Stern wanted to have a rotation of L.A., Orlando, New Orleans, Houston, New York, like these night, mostly warm weather. New York would be the exception, but obviously New York is New York, so you're going to go there. But now the yeah. NBA going back to the, hey, build a new arena, you can get an NBA All-Star game. Yes, yeah, the, the NFL thing, uh, the NFL yeah. thing with the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to say it. I don't like all-star games, especially don't like the NBA all-star game. I don't watch them. I don't care. Uh, I, the dunk contest is cool. Three-point shooting contest is amazing. It's much better to make a three-pointer in a game than when it matters. Uh, those guys are great, but it's hard to sit around and watch guys shoot all the time. Uh, I'm so not into it. I don't really care. I can only tell you that Detroit will make exactly zero people happy. <laughs> like They've had Super Bowls there. It wasn't good. They had Final Fours there. It wasn't good. And it's not like the spirit, like just downtown Detroit is not nice. And in the middle of winter, it's not nice. There's nothing you can convince me. If you said like, and the thing about it, if you're an NBA player, you're like, oh, dude, you're an all-star. Awesome. Where is it this year? Detroit. Not awesome. I just, there's no way you can spin it to me. No one has ever said Detroit in July is beautiful. You know, they'll say Chicago no, 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 in the summertime now, is Hold on, now, Michigan, Michigan in July is really, really nice. Oh, like, sure. I, would go to, I went to Mackinac Island a bunch when I was a kid. Yeah, and you can go at different parts of the summer. You can go blueberry picking. You go, like, again, the suburbs are great. The new arena is downtown, which is, I guess, smart. But, like, you know, I don't know. This is This is really not that hard. Like New Orleans is a great spot. Everybody likes it. Vegas was a disaster last time. Maybe the NBA has grown up enough to 
all the clingers, all the hangers-oners with the new arena, put it in Vegas. I would prefer it actually to be in Kansas City, in Vegas, in Seattle, in these cities that don't have NBA franchises that want them. Because otherwise, like, I don't think anybody else really cares about it. Final one for the week, Doug. Hugh Jackson, in introducing his rookies today with the Cleveland Browns, says that one of their first-round picks, Jabril Peppers, will have a role on offense for the Browns next season. Yeah, why not? I mean, like, look, he's a football player. You put him, and he's the Swiss Army knife. You put him wherever you can put him. Do I, I, I don't think he's great at any one thing. He's probably going to be best at safety. But if you can use him in a little wildcat, if you can use him at wide receiver, you can use him as a decoy, if you can use him at running back, so I'm like, why not? I, I've never understood why you have a really good athlete and you'll limit how many snaps he'll be on the field for. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. The Raiders kind of pulled a Raiders-type move yesterday. Not sure if you saw it. If you didn't, I'll tell you why I fully support it. That's next. Doug Gottlieb Show rolls on. Fox Sports Radio getting you ready for what I hope will be a magnificent weekend for you. We'll go around, find out what uh, this is like the last weekend of freedom for Dan Beyer, right? Like next a week from Saturday, he's uh, he's giving away half his stuff. Tomorrow's my <laughs> my uh, final official full Saturday of being a bachelor. Yes, countdown. And what is are you? On. And what are you doing? I actually have to get a haircut for the wedding tomorrow. I've it's uh, the places that I went before. The uh, bride to be did not like it. My fiance says you are not going to have an awful haircut for the wedding. So she made the appointment. She made the time, and I got to show up and get the haircut tomorrow. Let it grow out, you know, the, the week long. Didn't want to be too fresh for the wedding, so did it a week out. She's controlling your haircut? <laughs> <laughs> this hey, sounds it's like her day. The, it's her have day. Fun. Uh, yeah, I guess I could kind of say, like, I don't, I didn't even notice your hair being bad. Like, what about your hair doesn't she like? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> the cut that I got. Doug, you could have given me a better haircut than the one I got last time. I, I'm pretty well, I sure. Have a great, I have a great haircut story. You know what? I'm sharing that. Um, I'm sharing that it, it really quickly here. Okay. okay. My first ever time up at ESPN, okay, to like audition, I think it was the, yeah, it was audition for college basketball. So I had done a couple of radio shows. There's a guy named Todd Wright all night. I used to be his college basketball analyst when I was playing ball in college. And I had filled in for him twice after September 11th. They wanted to do shows from there. He didn't live there. He didn't work there. Um, he worked in Orlando. And so I got a chance to go and fill in for him two days. But nobody knew that existed. And then, like, two years later, and I got a call to go up and do an audition there. So I have always been a, dude, how hard could it be to cut a guy's hair, right? Like, I got my hair cut by my friends when I was in college, by my friends, or I could cut my hair myself, actually, with the guards when I was playing basketball. So I was like, all right, I'll go to... You know, there's different layers of there's there's super cuts and then there's like cost cutters like cost cutters is Old Navy. Right. Super cuts is like the gap. And then what's the one that's in the mall? That's like Banana Republic. It's like the exact same company, only it's a little bit better in terms of uh, your Edward. Yeah. Fantastic huh? is Sam's it? is what John thought. Is that Not Fantastic you're... Sam's? There's another one that's in malls. Great that's, Clips. Uh, no, I think oh. Great Clips is pretty. Oh. Now, Sports Clips is pretty new. Anyway, I don't know. 
Um, John okay, goes to perms so, by Joan. That's what John yeah, goes. So, <laughs> the point is, I went to like cost cutters, I think, which was. And um, the guys kind of cut my hair. And like the o- there's only a couple of questions, ladies, that were asked when our hair is cut. Like, you know, basically it's like, what do you want? Like, what guard do you want on the side? Right? And then it's, what do you want with your sideburns? Did, did you say point? Just the, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you squared, <laughs> squared back or, or or rounded back, right? Sure. Or the or the point in the back. So I always do square in the back. I I like to do like usually if it's conservative, you do like a two on the sides. You're like really, I want like a one and a half or even a one if I'm not going to get my hair cut for a while. Blend it up, take a little bit off the top, and try and cover up the parts where the hair is missing. But back then, I had a beautiful, luscious head of hair. Um. And they get to the end, he's like, what do you want, like, with your sideburns? Like, oh, you know, just raise it up just a little bit. And I'm telling you, the dude took me, it was, not only was it above my ear, but it was pointed, like, it was, like, from back to front, it was going, like, upwards, right? Like, it was, <laughs> it was awful. And it was one side, and you're like, what do I do with this? So somewhere in Bristol, Connecticut, there's, a, there's an audition tape, me, and I was with Dave Revson. You do a half. You do a half of a game. Indiana versus Purdue is what I did, and then you do a halftime of the game. And if you look really closely to my left sideburn, my left sideburn, you will notice that I have a sideburn that is colored in with like black pen. Wait, it like was a, colored in like a like yeah. a sharpie, like a marker, or no? It had like a makeup pen, pen pencil, or something <laughs> like that. But it was terrible, and I was I was very very uneasy about somebody going like, "Hey, did you color that in?" But if not, it would have looked even worse because they weren't even, and then I would have had to cut the other side to match it. It was so bad. So good luck. <laughs> Thank- good good luck. Good, good luck with that. Thank you. Yeah, good luck with that. Music. You got a big weekend coming up. Uh, you know, just sort of kicking back, relaxing, maybe watching some NBA playoffs. Might check out the beach. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All, all the while while you're listening to the app, correct? That's what you're going to be doing. 24-7. <laughs> I sleep with the Dude, app on. Yeah. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area pay for the same car you're looking for. And on average, they save 3000 off MSRP. Looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Great NBA this uh, this weekend. I think the Clips are going to extend this series. Obviously, I want to know where Dalvin Cook goes because I think that guy is going to be a star. I know there's been some some knocks at his resume and some of the off-the-field stuff. We'll see. Plus, where Deshaun Kaiser goes. And I'm interested in Davis Webb, who joined us earlier this week, where he goes. If you missed any of the show, download the podcast. Please subscribe to it. And like your Uber driver, please rate us. Please rate us because somebody will benefit financially from it, even if it's me. Have a great weekend. This has been the first week of the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Open a limited time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.